3: I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jameela Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.
1: It only took a few detours, but I finally made it to Copper Hill. This is either a large town or a small city. I've never really known what to call it. They have lots of shops, their own library, a decently sized school, and a few other things. The most important being my friend Noek. I came here to help out the library, but in the time it took me to get here, a hero showed up and fixed their problem. Apparently, they now have a whole new organization for their scrolls that will make the next scroll census run really smoothly. The librarian at the front desk seemed really pleased about it. I'm not worried about having nothing to do here, though, because I am also here to catch up with Noeg. First, I've gotta find them. Their letters didn't mention their street or anything, but I figure if I wander around long enough... aha. Of course they'd be outside the baker's. I see you're still a sucker for a fresh loaf of bread, huh?
3: Ryan, you made it. Come sit down. There's plenty to go around.
1: Oh, this is delicious.
3: I put some of Nora's fresh butter on it, too.
1: Noek, you are a bread connoisseur. (laughs) I just
3: know what I like.
1: (laughs) What else have you been up to these days? You mentioned looking for a new hobby in your last letter.
3: And I found one. I am now a sidekick.
1: A sidekick? Wow, (laughs) tell me more.
3: Well, I met someone who wanted to train as a hero. His name is Arthur, by the way. But he needed help. Apparently every respectable hero needs a sidekick and he didn't have anyone to work with.
1: Huh, I didn't know that was a rule.
3: Me neither. I'm not that interested in being a hero, per se. But I do like helping people, so I volunteered to be Arthur's sidekick, and it's been great so far. What do you
1: do as a sidekick?
3: All sorts of things. It's all about running support. Getting any tools the hero needs, finding people he might need to talk to, sometimes gathering a crowd.
1: Noek tells me all about what they've been doing as Arthur's sidekick. Apparently, it's a pretty lucrative job. People love inviting the heroic duo to dinner and giving them gifts. Arthur is currently on his way to the neighboring city to receive an award for helping defend it from Movar's forces. But the more that Noek talks, the more I catch... a bit of wistfulness? I'm
3: really happy for Arthur. It seems like being a hero is a lot of fun, too.
1: Hey, Noek? Yeah? Do you want to try being a hero?
3: No, no. (laughs) Well, maybe? I don't know. I just think it would be fun to try.
1: I could be your sidekick for the day. Really? Yeah.
3: That would be
1: really great, actually. Well, then let's go save the day. (laughs) Lead the way. Noah and I decide the best place to start on our day of heroics is finding problems to fix. And where better to search for problems than in a town? After walking around for a while, it quickly becomes clear that things are pretty... chill here?
3: This, uh, isn't going as well as I thought it would.
1: Hey, don't give up just yet. We've barely started. Trouble doesn't always just jump out in front of you. Sometimes you have to- Hey, you two look pretty
3: capable. Mind lending me a hand?
1: Well, I stand corrected. The woman introduces herself as Tariq. She runs a local inn where travelers and townsfolk alike go for a drink and a good meal. She explains that there was a bit of a brawl last night over what would win in a fight. Magical bees or a crow that had somehow managed to pick up a sword. I decide not to ask too many questions about that one. Apparently, during the fight, someone had been literally thrown through one of the doors. The door in question was now leaning against one of the tavern walls with a person-shaped hole right in the middle. I have no clue how something like that was possible, but again, I decided it'd be best to keep my questions to myself. The new door had already arrived, but the person who was supposed to install it ran off. Apparently, they'd wanted to hear the big speech from Arthur, so Tariq had no one to help her put the new door on. She looks like she can barely lift the door on her own, so I can definitely see why she'd want a hand with it. And seeing as Noak and I look pretty capable, she figured we'd be a perfect fit for the job.
3: So do you two think you can help?
1: Of course. Noak here is one heck of a hero, so this should be no trouble.
3: Oh. Really? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, if you say so. I need to go and clean
1: a few of the rooms. Just holler when you're done, dears. Noak and I look at each other, then towards the new door laying in the middle of the rug. To be honest, I have no idea how to put a door on hinges. And judging by how nervous Noak looks, I'm not sure they know either. Okay, um, well, the lady left some pins and a hammer, so I guess we have to use those?
3: I guess so. I'll take point, okay? Just a sec, let me get my
1: bearings. I watch Noek while they move to the new door, reaching down and running a hand along the edges. They pause when they get to a few little metal rings, then get back to their feet. Turning around, the tip of their cane runs along the carpet as they walk to the door frame. Leaning their cane against the wall, they reach out and run their fingertips along the sides, face suddenly lighting up.
3: Hey, there's some rings or something here, and there were some on the door. Maybe those pins are supposed to connect them or something.
1: Yeah, that could work! I scoop up a few of the pins, then grab the hammer. Meanwhile, Noek feels around before starting to drag the new oak door along the floor. Not going to lie, it looks really heavy. Dropping the pins and hammer, I rush over and lift from the other side. It's not easy, but after a bit we have the door standing up.
3: Okay. Now I think we just have to line the rings up here. A little this way, I think.
1: Like this. No, little to the left. But I am moving it to the left. Oh, uh, my left. Sorry. Hold on, Uh, let me just... Oh, oh, no, no, it's slipping! Shoot, I I got it. Steady, steady. Let's nudge it a little this way. It takes a bit, but we finally get the door all set. That on its own was an adventure and a half. I go to grab the hammer and pins to complete the task, but I discover a small issue in front of me. I stare blankly at the door in my face for a good five seconds. The door... I am now on the wrong side of. Uh, Noek? Do you think you could? Oh!
3: Oh, don't worry. I got this.
1: I hear a lot of shuffling from the other side, followed by some metallic clinking. I wish I could help more, but I need to hold up the door. And besides, I'm supposed to be a sidekick today. Noak will be fine. I jump a bit when I hear some slamming, probably the hammer. And after a few minutes, Okay, got it. Come on through, Ryan. Once I open up the door, Noak and I inspect our handiwork. It took a bit, but I have to say, we've done a pretty all right job. The lady running the inn seems to think so too. Noak asks her if she knows of any other issues around town and, she's actually able to point us towards our next problem to solve. A lost pet stuck in a tree. A Classic if there ever was. I'll admit, while we were looking for the lost pet in the tree, we were expecting something a little more traditional, like a small cat obscured by bunches of leaves, clinging onto a branch and meowing its head off. But what we find instead isn't even a cat. It's a dog. And not just any dog. It's a huge, full-grown German Shepherd, its brown and black fur shimmering in the afternoon sun. Even more bizarre, it's at least 30 feet up, paws and long legs encircling a large, thick branch. When it hears us approaching, the dog cocks its head downward, ears peeking up like a guard standing at attention. Um, was that a... Yep, that's a dog, and a pretty big one too. The dog cocks its head before letting out another excited bark, clearly happy to have some company. It seems completely calm, like it was relaxing on a soft rug or in a nice hot sunbeam, not a care in the world. Noek looks nervous again, their head tilted upwards towards the source of the barks, For a moment, I'm a little worried. This is a lot more than we were expecting, but I hold myself back from offering suggestions. When you're so used to solving problems by yourself, being someone's sidekick and letting them take the lead can be kind of tricky. But after a few more beats of silence, Noak manages a determined look, their jaw set.
3: Ryan, can you get me a ladder?
1: Uh, Sure, just give me like five minutes. I run back to town, stopping by every house to see if they have a ladder tall enough to reach the dog. And, at the fifth house, I find an old man who's more than happy to lend me one. Tucking the tall tool under my arm, I run back through town, just barely avoiding hitting people with the ladder while I run. Sorry! My bad! Uh, watch out! Sidekick stuff happening! Important sidekick business! Sorry! That apparently got some people's interest. Blinking with confusion, a few of the townsfolk trail behind me, wondering what kind of sidekick business could possibly involve a ladder. When I make it back to Noek, they turn towards me and give a wide smile. Ah, Welcome back. Did you get the ladder? Yep. And a couple of people
3: who wanted to see what was going on. Oh, perfect. In that case, help me get this ladder
1: into position. I walk over and carefully position the ladder upwards. Noak sets down their cane and reaches out, letting their fingers feel around a bit before finding one of the ladder rungs. Placing their free hand beside it, they feel along the rung until both hands are on the sides of the ladder. With their help, we slowly make our way towards the oak, the dog not even bothering to watch us as the top of the ladder rests against the trunk right beside him. In fact, it looks like the dog is sleeping. Yep, definitely sleeping. Noek takes a deep breath, probably to prepare themselves. Hold the
3: ladder steady, okay? I'm gonna go get the dog.
1: All right, we'll do. And with that, Noek starts their ascent. They seem to fall into a rhythm, lifting one hand followed by the other, their legs following suit. As soon as they're a little ways up, I go to stand beneath them, gripping the sides of the ladder and trying my best to keep it steady. The townsfolk behind me shift nervously until I give them a big reassuring smile. Noek has this in the bag. By the time I look back up, Noek is just under the sleeping dog. I feel my heart start to pound in my chest as I watch them reach out, one hand gently grazing the dog's right leg. Loosely, Noak lets go of the ladder with both hands and leans over towards the napping pooch. How is Noak going to lift the dog? It's huge! As soon as that panic floods through me, I feel a jolt run through my body. Sort of like... a tingling? Yeah, a warm sort of tingling. It starts at my chest and spreads through my body, running through my arms and ending at my fingertips. I'm pretty scared at first. I want to jump back and slap at my arms, but if I do that, no one would be holding the ladder. But then… I watched Noek reach out with both hands and grip the dog, somehow managing to balance without any issue. And without any apparent difficulty, they lift up the snoring dog. They look pretty shocked at first, so much that I was worried they might fall. But. Instead, I watch them give a big grin and sling the sleepy pooch over their shoulder like a sack of flour. The crowd behind me gasps and cheers while Noak uses their free hand to grip the rungs of the ladder, climbing down like they've done this a hundred times. And there you have it, everybody. The hero, Noek, has saved the day.
3: Hey, um, this is gonna sound really weird, but I have no idea how I did that.
1: You mean lift
3: a dog over your shoulders? Yeah, that. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't really sure how I was gonna get it down at first, but then I just felt this tingling. I'm not sure why, but it made me feel confident too, like like I could do anything. So I reached out and just, well, lifted the dog. Oh, huh.
1: Ryan... Did you do something? Maybe. I sort of um also felt a tingle right before you lifted the dog. Just a, just a little one. Okay, okay, it was a big one, <laughs> a big tingle. Oh, whoa, you know what that means, right? You must've caused that,
3: me being able to lift the dog. I'm not sure how, but still, that's so awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I guess it's possible but it's not like I've done something like that before.
3: But still, that's really cool. I definitely don't know how you did it, but keep an eye on it.
1: (laughs) Hmm. all right. Noak and I chat for a bit longer before deciding to head back to town. There's still a lot of daylight left and I wanna make sure Noak gets the full hero experience before I go, and we're in luck. The library needs our help tracking down a missing book. It's been overdue for three weeks now, and Gerald is starting to get anxious about getting it back. It was checked out by Yvain, who lives at the top of a hill, and Gerald just isn't up for the task of walking up there to ask for it back in person. And so, Noah and I head up there to ask for him. Noah has seen Yvain around town before, and they say she's always nice and friendly. They're actually pretty surprised she wouldn't return a book to the library, but they do have a plan to get it back. Noek tells me to act mean, and then they'll be extra nice in the hopes of coaxing a confession out of her. I'm not really sure about this, but Noek is the hero, so it's my job to play along and not question their heroic tactics. Yvain answers the door and lets us in after Noek explains they have a few questions. She offers us tea, and then we begin our line of questioning. Thank you
3: for seeing us, Yvaine. My partner here has a few questions for you.
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Did you or did you not check out How to Raise Your Platypus from Gerald's Library?
2: Um, well, I, I don't think so.
1: I have, um, quite convincing evidence otherwise? Ryan be meaner. I mean, I know you have it, and I will make you tell me or else.
3: They mean business. I really don't want things to get difficult, but I won't be able to stop them from questioning you
1: quite roughly. <sighs> uh, yes. I may or will. I may will. I I will yell at you most terribly. Confess.
2: I'm not sure what you're talking about.
1: Ryan, you're sore. Oh yeah. Tell me why you haven't returned the book, or else I will have to pull my sword out and wave it around threateningly. Very threateningly.
3: We can avoid all this. Gerald told me he lent you how to raise your platypus some time ago, and he really wants it back. That's all. You're not in trouble. Unless the sword comes out. and We wouldn't want that to happen, right? If you have the book, I'll even return it for you. That's a pretty good deal.
2: Okay, okay. I have it. At first I forgot, but then it just got more and more overdue, and now I'm too scared to look the librarian in the eye. I'm sorry.
3: It's all right, Yvain. We just want to get the book back to the library. We're not here to punish you or anything.
1: I wasn't really going to swing my sword around. I promise.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of figured.
1: (laughs) What gave it away?
2: (laughs) The constant reminders from Nowak over here.
1: (laughs) So much
3: for my plan
1: worked in the end. Yvain, I'm sorry for trying to be mean to you.
3: It's all right.
2: I'm sorry for lying about the book. I was just embarrassed.
3: We've all been there.
2: Holding on to a library book for months?
3: Being
1: embarrassed, I mean.
2: Oh, I guess that is pretty common.
1: Definitely. Are you sure you don't want to come with us when we return the book? It would be a shame if you hid from the library forever. There's lots of good books in there, including others about platypi. Platypuses? Platy-people? Gerald isn't mad, I promise.
2: Yeah, I'll come. I should apologize in person. Let me get some scones to bring as an I'm-very-sorry present.
1: Yvain goes to get the overdue library book. It turns out... It was on the nearby table this whole time, covered in other books. She sheepishly hands it to Noak, and we all go to the kitchen to help her collect the apology scones. The sun begins to set as we walk down the hill back to the library, and with one successful book return later, Noak and I's day of heroic antics comes to a close. I ask Noak how they feel about being a hero, and they say they really enjoyed it. Apparently, it was great for their confidence. But Noak also likes being a sidekick. Is there any rule that says you can't be both? I don't think so, and neither does Noek. They decide that sometimes they'll help Arthur with his heroic duties, and sometimes they'll save the day on their own. I really like that. Thank you for sidequesting with us. This episode, Sidekick for a Day, was written by Brayden Chapman and Talmanir, and was produced by Talmanir. Noek was voiced by Trace Callahan, Tariq was voiced by Becca Marcus, and Yvain was voiced by Chijoke Williams. The voice of Ryan was Talmanir. A big thanks to Anne, Ilya, Jesse, Kyle, and E.L. Thakre for supporting this episode. If you like side questing, you might like Hit the Bricks, a musical radio play about the Land of Oz. This show is a fantastic and whimsical fantasy adventure. It grabbed me right away in the first episode, and I think you'll like it. Here's the trailer.
3: What is that?!
0: One hundred years after Dorothy's adventures, two cousins are swept from Kansas to a mysterious land.
2: Allow me to welcome you to the land of Oz. Oz?
0: Full of strange and wondrous people.
3: Call me Felina. I'm tired of living on the streets. I will not tolerate any rule-breaking from you.
0: But they can't forget what they left behind.
3: My mom is the only person I have in the whole world right now. Right before I ended up here, she and I got into a big fight. I can't let that be the last time I spoke
0: to her. And their new companions have troubles of their own. Am I to stay up here and rot in a city full of tinker toys that will break and have no one here to fix them?
3: This is the fourth school I've been to in a year. I keep having to switch so no one catches on that I'm a witch. Jessica, you are not the only one with family to get back to.
0: Many trials lay in their path.
3: Beware The wheelers? What's a wheeler? What makes it forbidden? I don't want to find out! Go left!
0: And the way ahead is not always clear.
3: Don't you hammerheads get it yet? The wizard is gone. Glinda is gone. There's nobody left in Oz who can help you, and probably no one who wants to.
0: But hope is not lost. There's no time to lose! It's very important that
2: you get to Emerald City and ask for Ozma's help.
1: How do we start for Emerald City? Why the
0: same way people have done it for hundreds of years? Hit the Bricks! Hit the Bricks is a radio play set in the land of Oz. Subscribe at a podcatcher near you and follow us on twitter.com at hitthebrickspod. Transcripts are available at hitthebricks.com.
1: Reeling up into
3: it, all you gotta do is hit the bricks.
2: I
1: know that you can't do it, hit the bricks.
3: You probably think you know fairy tales. Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood. You probably think that they're cute and boring. But the real stories aren't cute and boring at all. The grim fairy tales were weird and sometimes gross and often scary. And in the podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, you can listen along with a group of other kids as I tell them those tales. The episodes are sometimes grim. Sometimes grimmer, and sometimes grimmest. But no matter how creepy it gets, we'll always have a great time guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and discussing what these tales mean to us. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.